It's June 29, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Cindy Natman, and uh, she's here to tell us about what the, the latest happenings over at the UH's Sea Grant program. And uh, then we will be joined by Jeff Decker, Gloria Cho, and Jeff Hui. And, of course, uh, we'll talk about the program over at the University of Hawaii called Hacking for Defense. But right now, I want to welcome Cindy Natman from the university, Sea Grant program. And I wanted to catch up with her to find out what's happening uh, at Sea Grant and, of course, the strategic planning process. Cindy, welcome to the show. Oh, aloha. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I know. It's been a while since I've it, had you on. It has. It's been way too long, so <laughs> great to be back on. <laughs> well, okay, so maybe catch us up with what's been happening with Sea Grant. Sure, I'd love to. So first of all, this is a really exciting year for us. We're celebrating our 50th anniversary. Uh, We actually opened our doors here at the university in 1968, but we um, became a full-fledged college program in 1972. So our 50th anniversary is this year, and we have all kinds of exciting things happening. And um, one of them that is uh, not related to our 50th anniversary, but is a really great way for us to reach out and um, get Um, input from our communities is we're um, doing a strategic plan update and we're looking at um, our strategic plan for 2024 to 2027 and um, so we're engaging our partners and our stakeholders and our incredible communities we work with to have them help us identify and address these needs together looking forward. So, so Cindy, uh, why don't you kind of give us a sense of what, what is the mission for Sea Grant? Oh, I'd love to, sure. So basically, we are dedicated to sustainability, preserving natural resources, and addressing climate change. And we do that through a lot of different ways, um, mainly community engagement, uh, we fund research, we do um, outreach and education, and also communication. And that's not only here in Hawaii, but um, we have extension faculty that are located uh, throughout the Pacific. We have um, someone that's based at American Samoa, someone in the Republic of the Marshall Islands, and in the Federated States of Micronesia. And, you know, over the 50 years that Sea Grant has been around, I'm sure the the program and the mission might have evolved over time, right? Because probably when it first started, it was was more about maybe resource management and and, uh, understanding, you know, more of the kind of the research around uh, ocean sciences. But now a lot of it is kind of focused around climate resilience. You know, that is uh, absolutely accurate. Um, When we were first implemented um, back, you know, over 50 years ago, we really were considered, you know, quote unquote, more fish grants. So it was Mm -hmm. more marine resources and um, extraction out of the ocean. And then we realized over time that what happens on land is incredibly important to the health of the ocean environment. Mm -hmm. So now we even look at, um, you know, things like uh, architecture and the built environment and how that impacts the ocean And um, we have some focus areas like, um, you know, healthy coastal ecosystems and resilient communities and economies, Um, just like you just mentioned, you know, sea level rise and climate change is a huge um, focus of the work that we do now. And and so, Cindy, you know, when you when we talk about sea grant and Mm -hmm. I've heard things like land grant colleges, I mean, where does the typical funding for these grant 
Uh, you got sea grant, you got space grant, you got land grant. I mean, where does this funding typically come from? That's right. Yeah. So let me even back up just one step um, before that. So uh, land grant was implemented first, mm-hmm. and um, there were um, people that decided that a sea grant program would be a wonderful way to replicate the idea of what happened with land grant because, as you know, all this wonderful science happens at the university, and um, you know, years ago it didn't necessarily get out to the communities that could need it and could really use it. And so, the point of land grant was to help the farmers. Um, be that connection to the university and the farmers, mm-hmm. and so we are um, that same that same uh, you know uh, service that we do for um, the sea, and so we do get um, part of our money from the federal government. We're an um, organization under the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which is a very broad organization, and um, but for Sea Grant in particular, we have a lot of additional funding that we get locally. Okay, and, and there's a, a number of colleges across the country that are yes. part of Sea Grant. Yes, we're actually one of 34 other Sea Grant college programs, and they're all based at um, what we consider coastal universities, so all up and down the East Coast, the West Coast, the Great Lakes. Um, there's a Guam Sea Grant, Puerto Rico Sea Grant. Oh, very good. And and so... Yeah. So, Cindy, in the in the process of your doing the strategic plan, you got a survey that's that's out uh, out and available. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, what um, as I mentioned, what we really want to do is not just move forward from 2024 to 2027 with what we think is important to the community. We have such incredible partners that we work with. We wanted them to uh, help us, you know, really focus and um, address the needs together. So um, it's almost the end of our survey time. The survey closes uh, tomorrow night at midnight. So you have um, just little over one more day to, um, to help us shape our strategic plan and um, our uh, our website is um, hawaiiseagrant.org, and you can access the survey through there. And also, um, I believe it will be up on your website. Yep, so I'll put that up on our show notes for later on. I did take the survey. It's very short, about five to seven minutes, five, I mean, five to maybe ten minutes. But uh, it's easy to do, and you can get your kind of your, your suggestions and input into that. And and then uh, we'll follow. We'll follow you, Cindy, and see Thank how you. this evolves <laughs> into the strategic plan and. And of course, I think a C grant. I think there's a there's a need for something called a digital grant. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you more about that, uh, Cindy, because you know the, the 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 great frontier. You could have land, space, <laughs> and sea. Well, you got to have a digital grant too. That's so. right. And there's Sun <laughs> Grant too, and digital grant goes right along with that. There you go. I can't wait to see what the progress of that happens. <laughs> All right. So mahalo, Cindy, for joining us. Mahalo. Thank you so much for having me. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Jeff Decker. Gloria Cho and Jeff Hui, and we'll learn about hacking for defense. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Jeff Decker. He's the program director for Hacking for Defense, and that's based over at Stanford University. And Gloria Cho is part of the National Security Innovation Network. And we've got Jeff Hui, who is an instructor uh, for the Hacking for Defense, and that's Engineering 401 
And, of course, uh, we'll get them to give us a lot more detail as to all of this that I just shared. I want to welcome them to Bite Marks Cafe. How's it going, guys? Thank you for having us. Yeah. Great to be here. Aloha Uh, from Stanford. Hey, Stanford. Yeah. Uh, You know, I went to Stanford, so that's my uh, (laughs) my alma mater. Anyway, so Jeff Decker from Stanford, tell us what is this Hacking for Defense program and it's a national program, and so I wanted to have you give us a little bit of the history and how widespread it is, and at what point in time did uh, you know UH Manoa get involved? Absolutely. Well, thanks, Bert, for for having us on. Um, ha- happy to talk about hacking for defense, and it's a class that that started at Stanford in 2016, and as you said, it's, it's expanded nationally. Um, but at, at its base level. Hacking for Defense is a college course where students learn techniques in building startups um, from you know, shifting those techniques from building startups to actually solving real-world defense department and intelligence community problems. And so what ends up happening within the class are multidisciplinary teams of students um, form teams and work hand-in-hand with the men, men and women serving our country in either defense organizations or intelligence organizations, and those students experience the problem firsthand. And over the course of an academic term, we teach them um, some techniques to better understand the problem and ultimately to begin developing um, different solutions to to those problems and have real-world government people actually use the solutions that, that come out of the class. So, so Jeff, how did the... How did, uh the concept of, of hacking for defense come up and was it just uh you know something that got ideated out of Stanford or were was there uh sort of a push from let's say the DOD or any federal agencies? Huh. Yeah, I, I love that question. And it seems like most like most things that come out of Silicon Valley, it all begins with a napkin sketch or a, a conversation. Uh, and that's that's no different with hacking for defense uh, at Stanford in 2016. Um, what ended up happening was two two army colonels, mm-hmm. um, Joe Felter and Pete Newell, um, learned about this this thing called the the lean startup methodology, right, which right. is a technique used by many startup companies the world over to um, form companies and to to generate revenue. And they thought, wow. Wouldn't this powerful financial and revenue-generating tool be really useful to solving impact-driven problems in, in the Pentagon? Mm-hmm. And so the Joe Felter and Pete Newell met up with the, the godfather of, of the lean startup, Steve Blank, serial entrepreneur, and the three of them worked on pivoting the, the lean startup methodology to solving mission-driven problems. And so the three of them started it in 2016 um, and, and launched the class in the spring. Um, and since, it's, it's grown exponentially. Um, I, after the, the spring 2016 class at Stanford University, uh, the East Coast started to teach it at Columbia and, and Georgetown. And after that, it, it's currently been taught at over 60 different universities um, and in allied countries as well. Um, the United Kingdom teaches it, Norway teaches it, and Australia. And, and most importantly, 
is the the uh, University of Hawaii Manoa um, kicking it off in 2021, and they've had a fantastic relationship with um, all the, the the great military bases in in the state of Hawaii. Well, I I, I do want to give uh, Gloria and Jeff Hui a, a chance to share their part in this uh, in this picture. But before before I move on to them, so Jeff Decker, you you know, well, your role really is to kind of promote the program. I mean, so you have instructors at Stanford doing the course, but you're actually out there promoting the the whole class and the whole uh, program, I guess, overall to other other colleges across the country as as well as uh, internationally. Is that is that correct? Well, I, I wish I could claim credit for that, Bert. Um, un- unfortunately, I can't. My my role at Stanford is is pretty simple. I I, I teach the course, um, and I also help to generate curriculum for the course. I'm, I'm currently working on uh, a book for all 60 schools to to help teach the course. Okay. Uh, but the 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 main the main organization that that bears responsibility for disseminating the course. Um, across the nation and supporting all the the different uh, college courses is the National Security Innovation Network, and so that's that's uh, a, an office of Secretary of Defense um, organization, and that's who Gloria works with. Well, you know, you did a great job of uh, helping me segue to Gloria because <laughs> that's <laughs> what I wanted to do next, and and so Gloria, this. Uh, National Security Innovation Network. What is what is that? And 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 maybe uh, you can fill in some of the the gaps that uh, uh, in terms of explaining how does that network kind of spread uh, the hacking for defense course across the country. Well, as um, Jeff Decker had mentioned, we we are a DoD program within the Undersecretary of Defense for Research and Engineering um, with Heidi Chu. Our current command is Defense Innovation Unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you if you heard, okay, the DOD organization, what they do is they accelerate the adoption of, uh, of commercial and dual-use technology um, for the Department of Defense. And so reporting to the Undersecretary of Defense for Research Engineering, Hacking for Defense is one of those programs of record within Ensign that we help uh, embed across the country. I want to say over 30, as Jeff Becker had mentioned, 60, that's definitely a great number for, for us across the country within the U.S. It's been 35 universities so far this past spring. Um, and we range from Tier 1 to Tier 3 research universities being able to deliver uh, this type of lean startup methodologies across different disciplines within these universities. Um, I work within you know, University of Hawaii Office of Innovation and Commercialization, um, and together, Jeff and I are able to deliver this program for uh, this past spring semester. It's been and it's been a really great ride, and we're just super excited about the outcomes that has happened so far. So you're 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 part of uh, Vasilis's uh, organization. Yes, correct. So yeah, I've been in the same office. Okay, great, great. So, so you have this uh, um, National Security Innovation Network, and then. Uh, Jeff Hui, so you're the you're the instructor. How did how did you get involved with being a part of this program? Um, yeah, my personal journey was just uh, you know something very specific to me. I come from um, Valley, just been working in different tech startups like Instagram and and Facebook, and then um, you know within the past few years moved over to Hawaii and just reached out to our our dean over here and wanted to get involved with entrepreneurship and innovation. And this course was the right fit for me personally. Um, and you know, other than that, I'm just really passionate about helping kids and students like 
further their careers and getting them ready for the um, the real world. Okay, so when you when you talk about the dean, you're talking about the dean of engineering, right? Correct. Correct. And so you're you're actually in the engineering department, and uh, this course is really geared to students. Uh, what undergrad, grad? I mean, what what uh, level are you focusing in on? It's both. It's it's um, grad and undergrad, so juniors, seniors, and graduate students. We have a mix across the board, uh, as well as it's multidisciplinary, as Jeff Decker said. So we have a mix of students, mostly technical, but we also have some from poli sci and the business school as well. And so, in in terms of the the uh, class itself, uh, mm-hmm. what is it that you try to focus in on? I mean, is there is there a pro- a problem set that you're trying to solve? I mean, what mm-hmm. do you what do you task the students with? I mean, I know you've uh, done this for like the last three semesters. So, how do you typically kind of like ideate around starting the class, and and how do you have students actually, yep. I don't know, team up and and decide how they're going to approach a particular problem? Yeah. The problems are um, sourced via Goya and her, uh, her network and the NSEN network um, from different um, branches of the Department of Defense. And then each problem has a sponsor. And so that sponsor will say, like, hey, my problem is, for instance, in this last semester, I need better satellite communication for soldiers in the field. That's an example problem of what we solved. But uh, practically speaking, the course, we break the students up into groups of five. We run it like a company. Mm-hmm, so each mm-hmm. student has a role. You might be the head of business. You might be the head of the technical lead, or you might be the project manager. Your role, you're given a role um, in each of the groups, and you are tasked with solving that problem by the end of the semester. You, we teach you the lean methodology, um, which essentially is like how do you get out there and talk to um, customers, talk to users to really understand the problem. Then how do you design a solution? Then how do you know if your solution has the right product market fit? And so when we do that, that helps the students to understand how do I take a problem and how do I solve that problem and bring like a, a new product to solve that problem by the end of the semester. And each one, once again, each one of them has their own specific role in that problem-solving process. Um, and much like a company, we, we have all the regular tools, whether it's you know, project management tools, technical tools, business tools. Um, and each week, the students come with a presentation on an update on their progress. Um, and you know what customers they've spoken to, what research they've done, and their progress in solving the problem. So, so in terms of the class that you know takes place here at uh, university uh, at uh, Manoa, is the problem? Are there multiple problems that student teams yeah. could could go after? Uh, and and <clears throat> you gave me, you gave us one about the satellite, but the, like for this past semester, what would be the typical? Uh, you know, what are the several problems that are presented to the students? Oh, yeah. It really ranges from that very technical problem I just talked about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a small class, first of all. We average about 15 students a semester, and we try to get three to four groups. And so um, I'll give you a range. So there was that very technical problem I just discussed. Mm-hmm. On the other end of the spectrum, we had one team that was very successful in solving a problem for Pearl Harbor on how do they deal with active shooters on base. And so that was about developing training protocols, developing safety protocols for the base. Um, and so... You know, you can see here that the the range of problems can be very technical, but it could also be very like policy driven or procedural. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. And and <clears throat> Gloria, so how does uh, how does your role in the Office of Innovation? I mean, how does that interact with the course that that uh, Jeff Hui is conducting? Because the c- class is really kind of very very um, focused around a particular. Yeah, uh, you know, graduation. I mean, you have to. You have a a project. You got to work on a project, and you got to you know get it done. So, how does how does your work in 
Office of Innovation sort of interact with the, the course itself? Well, it definitely allows me to, to be able to give insight on the, the type of the type of transition our student teams are looking into if they're if they're not only in graduating, if there's there are teams out there in other universities um, that are interested in doing startup ventures with the with the product that they've been able to develop um, after an H4D. And while that is a you know the best case scenario, it's not like that most of the time. Um, we're also able to provide those types of insights within the Office of Innovation Commercialization where they're interested in learning. Um, who's out there within the university that wants to go down the entrepreneurial road, uh-huh. and then what types of programs they'd be able to provide. So it wouldn't only necessarily be a DOD program for a post-option course, but it could, it's definitely an opportunity for the university to provide these types of uh, resources for our students. Ah, got it, got it. Okay, so I, I do want to ask uh, Jeff Decker a little bit about how does the Hawaii uh, course and role that um, Gloria plays, how does that compare to some of the other colleges and universities across the country. But uh, we will hold that thought. And, uh, of course, uh, we will take a short break and continue our conversation with Jeff Decker, Gloria Cho, and Jeff Hui. And, of course, we're talking about hacking for defense. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One, and I'm Bert Lum. And of course, uh, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Jeff Decker. He's the Program Director for Hacking for Defense, based over at Stanford University. Gloria Cho is over at the university, UH, and she is part of a National Security Innovation Network. And Jeff Huey is an instructor over at the College of Engineering, and the course is called Hacking for Defense. And, of course, right before the break, uh, we're getting into some details on on the actual course itself and the role that uh, uh, Gloria and her team play to provide some of the resources and, and mentoring uh, that uh, the, the course and the student teams need. And, and uh, Jeff Decker, I mean, how does uh, Hawaii's rollout of, of uh, Hacking for Defense sort of compare to some of the other universities and colleges? Uh, Bert, that, that's a good question. And, and first, before I, I answer that directly, I just wanted to say um, Gloria's work at, at ENSIN, the National Security Innovation Network in Hawaii, and, and Jeff Hu um, at UH is, is awesome. Not many, not many organizations have two world-class people um, like them, let alone one. And so, I mean, I don't think about comparing, uh, you know, Hawaii is in a, in a league of its own in terms of the support and the problems and the representation you have. Um, and so I don't really think about it so much as comparing. Um, it's, it's very much a regional effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, the National Security Innovation Network, as I mentioned previously, is the Office of Secretary of Defense organization. And the, the Defense Department just has some big, tough problems, multiple problems. And I don't say that in, in a pejorative way. Um, it's, it's very much the, the Defense Department is facing threats from Russia and China and North Korea um, and more. And so what the National Security Innovation Network has done is they've carved the, the United States up into different regions um, of which Hawaii is is a member of, of the one of the regions. And so each one of these regions are responsible for interact, interfacing with, with local military 
um, and intelligence organizations to find quality problems that the Defense Department and the intelligence community are, are grappling with, and then leverage student brain power within the classroom to help solve those problems. And so you ask about comparing how, how Hawaii stacks up against a, another university. It's, it's really not about stacking up. It's about having a grassroots effort at, at local military bases. And as I mentioned, um, the, the effort in Hawaii is, is, is world class. So that's that's great to hear. And and Jeff Hui, you know, in terms of getting support from uh, the the uh, presence here by the various uh, armed forces, whether it's you know the uh, Navy, Air Force, uh, Marines, Army. Mm-hmm. I mean, are, is it is it pretty easy to ex- uh, be? Ex- are they pretty accessible? Yeah, definitely. But I'd also have to um, give a nod to Gloria because she really uh, is our liaison and makes it possible for us to get in there. But I think one thing that's very special about being here in Hawaii is we can actually visit all of our, our problem sponsors, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. our high-ranking military officials that are sponsoring these problems. So, for instance, last semester, all of our teams got to go on you know, their individual bases, meet their sponsors, see the problem itself. So, for instance, one of the teams was solving um, you know, how to have better battery usage in the field for things like night vision goggles and communication equipment. They went out to the training center saw the equipment, had a better understanding of how it's used and some of the problems and the physical limitations. So that's something very unique to us, being the proximity to our, our sponsors. And, and so, Jeff, uh, what happens to these projects once the students sort of graduate out of the class? Yeah, there's a few things. Um, so first of all, right now we're new, so we haven't had um, as many projects uh, come to fruition and, and turn into like real companies like some of the other, other universities have. But um, they can, the students can choose to further um, pursue their their problem. So Gloria has other programs within the university where they can get further funding, they can get more course credit to take um, a capstone project or to join different accelerator type uh, programs to get funding for their project. Um, And as well as uh, many of the students, uh, the course in itself is really about teaching skills, real world skills to the students. So I think what I'm most proud of is that six of our students leverage the relationships and and the skills that they learned and they gained from the course to um, gain summer internships and are just catching up with them. And all of them said, you know, most importantly that I'm using all the skills that we learned in the course every day at work. And this is the most practical course that I took at the university. So that's something I'm most proud of. Um, but in the future, we'd also hope that a lot of them turn these, um, these projects into to businesses and, and commercialize them. And so Gloria, uh, I guess uh, everybody's on kind of like summer break right now. I mean, what, what are you gearing up for the next semester? So we're definitely getting problem, sourcing problems right now, engaging our relationships, just continuing on relationship building um, with our military units here on the island, and then um, keeping our professors interested in uh, being able to work on these projects and problems. All right, very good. So Jeff Decker, uh, where can people find out more about the Hacking for Defense? And if students are interested in delving a little bit more into the you know, the, the, the course and the, the process? I mean, where, where might they go to learn more? The, the best place for, for anybody to go to learn more about Hacking for Defense, Bert, would be h4d.us, and that's H as in Hawaii, the number four, and D as in delta.us. Um, and also Stanford runs a, a blog on Substack, so if you just Google 
Stanford Hacking for Defense Substack, the the blog will come up, and there's lots of lots of different articles to read about. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. And of course, Jeff Decker is the program director for Hacking for Defense, based at Stanford University. And Gloria Cho is part of the National Security Innovation Network. And Jeff Hui is the instructor for the local class here, Engineering 401, Hacking for Defense. And of course, I want to thank them all for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we'll bring the team from a, a group, the band called Bruise. And, of course, uh, we'll hear about their production of their latest album called Good Catch. If you missed any part of this this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. And, of course, our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HBR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Stay tuned. Reveal is next. 